Good, Jim. Thanks for agreeing to see us today. No, We're here at a driving range because yeah. your stranglehold on the media is, is continuing, I believe, with a, a new golf show. Is this correct? Yeah, yeah, called Golf Juice. Um, yeah, stranglehold, yeah, if you want to call it that. But, um, yeah, I've been just jumped in at the deep end, really. found myself with the first pilot today with DJ Spoonie. And, yeah, I've just got... Um, it's about nine months ago it came up. And there was a chat with a fella called Rab and his group of friends um, from Golf Juice, and they decided they wanted to make a golf show. Took it around to some um, production companies, got a production company on, on board, and now um, showing it to some TV people. And they're going to be at a day, and um, it's my first ever presenting gig, so looking forward to it and buzzing, yeah. And you're obviously a very good golfer yourself. I love golf, yeah. And you you went professional after retiring from pro, football. yeah. The reason why I turned pro was um, you put your money in, mm-hmm. 260 quid to enter a tournament. If you're an amateur, you don't receive any winnings if you do well. So that's the only reason why I turned pro. Everyone thought, oh, he's brilliant. Like, he's he's going to, you know, I had a few people going, oh, he's a good goal. But to earn money at the pro game, you've got to be extra special, you know. I, I turned pro just in case I had an off week, well, a good week, and I produced. You know, I'm not going to be the next one on the main tour don't get me wrong yeah. I would have loved I'd have loved to have progressed but I just found it very double difficult really and I found it double difficult to dedicate yourself but I love golf right and is it true you tried to qualify for the British Open yeah I tried um, yeah I was close I, I I missed it by two first stage so and I felt like I could have done it yeah. I felt like I should have done it and could have really um, I lost my swing last few holes um, but yeah I always put myself in the deep end but, I, you know, golf, golf for me is one of my hobbies that keeps me out of trouble after football, if you want. Same as fishing. Yeah. I think golf and fishing, they're both kind of solitary pursuits. Mm. You know, golf, obviously, you're playing with people, but there's in, this internal conflict going on. Fishing, you're sitting on your own at the Same riverbank. Thing. Gives you a lot of time to think. Yeah, and and yeah, you're yeah. a guy who famously didn't like, doesn't like being on his own. No. So, so how do you it's reconcile? It's weird. I know that's a good question. Actually, I hate being on my own. Um, I suppose if my mind is occupied, it doesn't feel like I'm on my own. I've got the game, haven't I? I've got fishing or I've got golf, so I'm with something. Yeah. I don't have to be with someone. I suppose um, as long as I'm with something. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> not, not a huge oh, amount. Oh God. Do you know what I mean? No, as long as I've got my golf and fishing, I, you know, I've seen. I'm okay with myself. As soon as I don't have a hobby, I lose myself a little bit. I've interviewed you before for have the you? Observer. I have, go? yeah. You accused me of trying to touch you up. <laughs> <laughs> I did accuse you. You was touching I me was up. I was not touching you. <laughs> yeah. I'm not that way inclined, but not that there's anything wrong with that. I got the impression at the time you just finished playing football that you were a little bit lost, not finding it difficult to come to terms with not playing football anymore is that was that the case is that still the case yeah um still little it's, it's fading i struggled it happens with a lot of footballers i suppose you know if you've done that and and it really grabs you everyone's different as well so i'm talking on how i felt when i finished footy i missed it so much i felt like a part of me went if you want a part of me that i still because in my head i could still play and but my body wouldn't allow me to so I've just missed it that so much. Like Saturdays were my worst days and still are. Saturdays, I wake up now and it's 12, 3 o'clock. I turn the TV on, it's football, football, football. I'm like, ah, get that off. I can't watch it. I can't be around it. Because a lot of my mates still playing. Like you hear them names mentioned. You're like, I can still be there. I still want to be there. Um, but 
deep down I know it's got to end someday and always did but it's just hard to come to terms with it if that makes sense um, and I miss it I suppose if you miss something you hold on to it that bit more and but life goes on doesn't it you know it isn't as harsh as when I first finished it's three years now getting yeah. on for four I think something like that so you know it's fading slowly and stuff like this gives me a little bit of a buzz that I once had I suppose that's what I'm looking for a buzz at what I once had um, and stuff like this in front of cameras I suppose I'm a bit of an attention seeker and I went in the jungle yeah. you know bits like that keep me occupied and keep me um, you know give me that little bit of buzz what I once had yeah that's the best thing I have, I have, best way I could describe it and a lot of players do seem to struggle with the, the transition because mm. uh... it's such a high life I suppose because it's such a great way of living you know it's at the end of the day, if you ask ten boys in a playground what they want to be, eight of them will say foot, professional football player. If you went to any, you know, any school for me, you know, from being a boy, that's all I ever wanted to do. And then all of a sudden achieving that, then all of a sudden finishing, you know, you don't want it to finish. So that is such a high life and such a great way to live, playing football for a living, and all of a sudden it's gone. So, yeah. And yeah. does the fact that you weren't able to go out on your own terms, you were kind of forced out because of your knee, does that make it more um, of a hardship? Yeah. I mean, I think your last game was against Northampton in the Johnson yeah, James Trophy. Right. Yeah, you've done not, your own Probably work, not, you? not what you'd envisaged, is it? No, and, and that's right. And also, your career's dipping. My career, let's have it right. You can't go for so long, it's dipping. I went, no disrespect to the football clubs, but I was in a Premier League with Hull... Fulham Hull then all of a sudden I go to Ipswich you're in the championship then all of a sudden I drop down to MK Dons so you know you, you know yourself you can't do what you once did so your career's dipping and that's a, another thing you've got to deal with but as long as I was playing football I could deal with that and then as you say I had an injury again on my I'll, basically towards the end of my career I felt like a glass ornament out there and whatever happened I would get injured if someone lent on me I'd get injured and there was one thing that happened at MK Dons I was training Alan Smith, he used to play at Man United. I remember him lent on me. He just all he does was lent on me, and I fell over like a bag of crap, really. Like, and I just thought oh, it took me about thirty seconds to get up, and I thought I've had it here. I'd have been gone there. Back in the day, I would have been gone. He wouldn't have even smelt me. And then I thought, nah, it's time to hang him up. And I woke up one Monday morning, and I phoned Cole Robinson, the manager at MK Dons, and said, "That's you, that's my lot, Cole." And he went, "Take your time." And they were great down there, Peter the. Um, the chairman and Cole, they said, take your time with Big Mickey Arthur. And two weeks out of that, I just, I, just, I said, I called it a day, and that was that. Right. So, yeah, you know, and afterwards, to keep me thinking, I set up a company as well, because players do struggle that much, and I did. I know other players, and you hear stories of Gary Speeds and this and that, you know, it's, it's terrible stories. We set up a company called X Time Management to help players if they want, because other players are scared to opinionate that they are struggling with missing football and they hold secrets like everyone does you know so we set up a company called X Time Management that seems to be going really well and just hopefully we started with football players giving them their next sort of career if you want or just using us to get work you know whatever way you want to use us so that's, that's, that's how I pitch it to the boys use us to get you work we've got some great contacts and go from there and build yourself a new career because it doesn't finish out of football so and we started off footballers, but it's going out to all sportsmen now and women. So, because you do tend to see towards the end of their careers, footballers who may not have been particularly media media friendly, no. you know, in their pomp, they suddenly oh, 
I need something to do that's now. That's the other thing that we push. We, you don't. That's the f- the thing in at the minute. Yeah, media, media, media. That's the other side we push. It isn't just media we want to put. Anything that you want to do, anything that they want to do, whether it, you know whatever they want to do, we're help. You know, it's not just media. That's the dumb thing. Every, everyone thinks, oh, you got you got to go into media. You know, Jamie Redknapp's done it. Robbie Savage has done it. Danny Murphy's done it. Jimmy Bullard's. No, no, there's there's another million jobs out there. You know, there's another million things you can put your mind to. So that's that's the other thing we go and source from. You know, um, during your career, you you had two very long spells out with knee injuries, and you know we all envy the footballer lifestyle and the money and just yeah, it's, it's great the crowds, the adulation yeah. of the crowds. But yeah. when you're on your own recuperating from an injury like that, how can you talk us through? What kind of a, an empty experience that is? Well, coming through injury, like yeah, just going through yeah. rehab and the same again. Everyone would be different. Me was an absolute nightmare. Right. It's one I, I struggle with boredom. I really do. You know, when I when I get bored, I get mischievous and I, I get you know terrible. You know, I, I just end up playing up basically. So. When I was first injured at Chris, with Chris Coleman under Fulham, he was a manager that would sort he could relate to me, I could relate to him. So it was fine. I found it hard because I didn't think I'd play again, but my training, he would sort of say, go away for two, three weeks, Jim. You ain't playing for another 12, 16 months. You know, he knew what I wanted. Then all of a sudden, I'm under the likes of someone like Roy Hodgson, who really didn't see what I was about and really didn't understand where I was coming from. And it's sort of an odd sort of... Connections, you get what I mean. So, all depends what manager you're with, what team you're with, what what club you're with. But me, I struggled. I, I struggled with it. I miss footballing massively. I just miss playing. And the thing is, with injured pros, is you go in, you go into a medical room. I used to get in there extra early because I knew that the more time I spent with the boys, the more I loved it. So, if I'm in extra early, I can spend more time with the boys because I know they're training at half, they're going out at 10 o'clock. I've got on at half eight, nine o'clock, spend an hour. They've gone for two and a half hours. I'm in on my own with a physio. Like, that's shit. That's like, that's the bit that grabs you. You're watching them train and you're like, you can't do nothing. You're on a machine that's like putting electro waves through your blood and ligaments. Like, you're a professional football player, you don't want to be on a bed. And I've done that for 12 months. It's just a nightmare. And you also had. Long hours on exercise bikes next door to Owen Hargreaves in yeah, Colorado. Uh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's a weird, weird, weird thing, you know. If you meet someone, he was injured. Obviously, I was injured, and I'm, we met him out all the way out there in Colorado. Then all of a sudden, we come, become quite close and done our workouts together. And everywhere I popped up, I see Owen Hargreaves. Which is, it's just weird meeting someone of that stature at a place where you just can't really relate to football because it's so far away you ain't speaking about football all you're speaking about is just general stuff and um, just getting fit really and I found I, I grew quite close to him you know at that, at that specific time I got quite close to Owen and yeah he, he ended up living out there he ended up living in Colorado to get fit he wanted to get fit that much he ended up renting a place out there that was the worst three weeks of my life going out there <laughs> Three Is he weeks. that bad company? Uh, <laughs> no, no, I didn't mean that to all zone. <laughs> I didn't mean that to all zone, but it's just like bottom of the ski slope, four foot of snow everywhere. It's just a place that I don't want to be, you know. Walking around with crutches, like spikes on the bottom of crutches. It's a disaster. <laughs> End up dragging my brother out there for because I was forever going backwards and forwards. 
and I end up dragging my brother out there for two, three weeks, and he even says, we even mention, we go to mum and dad's meet-up, we even say, like, that's the worst two, three weeks of his life, and he weren't even injured. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's just, like, you know when you like your own stuff, you like your own place, so, yeah, staying in a hotel that, and eating foods that you, you know, even, like, American food's done with different fats, it's disgusting. <coughs> I just hated it from start to finish. All right. Um... You obviously have this reputation for being a bit of a clown and a joker. You know, we've seen the the half-time team talk at Man City, the the Everton thing, the big dunk thing. Um, does it ever bother you that that sort of eclipses the fact that no. you, you get remembered for that? Yeah. You were a pretty good footballer. I get, I get asked that all the time. No, I like that. I suppose I like that. Um, and I strive on that. And the older I got, the more I played on it. I got more confident. I got more... You know, because when I was 20, 21, I was never that. 22, 23, maybe a little bit. 24, 25, I come into that. 26, 27, 28, 29, 30. I'm known as the the laugh, the, the mess about, the joker, you know, the always looking for a prank. So that, I grew into that, if you want. And um, I loved it. Yeah, and it, you're dead right. Every time I'm out on the street people come to me and a boy come up to me and goes God what about what you done with Duncan Ferguson when you didn't know what you was doing and when you jumped over the crowd and when you was on soccer home you done it you know I get not as good goal you scored Jim I get that all the time and I even say I did used to play football you know I was quite good <laughs> but yeah you're right that's what I got noticed for and I loved it you know and there is a 1% of me that would change and that mask my football at all no because I knew I was decent in here so you say you kind of played on it. What, yeah. did it. Did it become a duty? Um, no, I suppose, I suppose I wanted that. I like that. I like that. You know, have you met Jim before? He's, he's, he's nuts. Him. He, he's crackers. You won't never beat him in a bit of band. Honestly, he'll go to the ridiculous levels. And so I suppose I like that. And I suppose, I, you know, I grew into that role, if you want. You know, because comedians, I'm not saying I'm a comedian, but they, they're not a comedian at 17, are they? Sometimes something happened in their life and they become that. Yeah. And that's what happened to me. Just, at 19, I was the shyest young kid you've ever seen. I wouldn't pick up the phone at 16 years of age. I was at Dartford Football Club and my manager was called Gary Julians. My mum said, you've got to go to Grays in Northland, they want you, they're going to pay you more money, it's a better football club. And you ain't playing at Dartford, you've got to call Gary Julians and let him know. I said, I'm not calling the manager. I said, nah. I was too scared. 16 it was, I swear down, I got my dad to phone him up. That's too kind. Now, I'll be the first one on the phone, I'm knocking his door now. So, difference in person, really, and confidence grew really quickly for football, and that's what else football done. And that's what else happens when, you know, you've got crowd giving you grief every week, and it makes you stronger, really. You know, it makes you, in every little thing that happened to me in my career, it makes you stronger, definitely. And uh, in the office environment, anyway, so there's a fine line between someone who's a good laugh and the life and soul and the guy who's just a complete arsehole. Yeah. Uh, do, do you worry about nah. that you cross it, that? I suppose I do with each individual. Right. There is lines, you know. It, it, it is a... Well, how can I say? I, I would never... Like, I know you more than I know this man. So I could give you some about you touching my leg and all. I'd never say it to him. I don't know him. Do you get what I mean? So, automatically, I can give you more than I can give him. Yeah. So, I suppose I'm playing a sort of game with my own head, which is a bit weird. <laughs> Roy Hodgson, I'd never give Roy Hodgson as much as I'd give Chris Coleman as manager. 
I know I can't really say that everyone. He's a respectable man. He's quite a different man. Chris Coleman's a player. He was in player mode. He know exactly where I'm coming from. And so, but there are times when you cross the line. Don't get me wrong. And that's when you come a bit unstuck and you, you know, sorry. And you've got to apologise, haven't you? Yeah, I suppose it's just a game to me, isn't it? <laughs> in a weird way. I've never thought about it, really. It just happens. It just happens. So, right, Does that make sense? Your Does that make sense? No, yes. you'd never shatter my confidence. <laughs> this is unshatterable. Okay. Um, you talk about Roy Hodgson. You, yeah. You didn't get on great with him, did um, you? It wasn't... No, I didn't. I just struggled to f- understand where he was coming from a lot of the time, you know? Um, he'd done a lot of things that I didn't agree with as well, so gradually when that happens, that grows on you. But also use Roy Hodgson, because he's a great... To tell my my career and my stories the way I see them, and I'm not saying I'm right because he'd have stories about me and say I'm wrong. I hold my hands up, but it's a great he's a great use for me. Do you know what I mean? He he's a manager that a great manager. I've always said that, but telling my stories in a way I get it across. Chris Coleman's a different scale as a manager, same as Barry Fry and Roy Hodgson's here. So it's a great scope for me to tell a story. Do you get what I'm saying there? He's totally different to Chris Coleman. Yeah, yeah. And he'd see life and general football and the person as me totally different to Chris Coleman sees me. Well, when you, I mean, when you were trying to negotiate a new contract at Fulham, yeah. well, you'd 16 months left. Yeah. You were injury prone, so you yeah. wanted a longer deal. He didn't turn up for a meeting. Was that? Correct? No. Yeah. Yeah. Like that Which was one of the things that you know when that happens to you as a person you know this sub football forget about football for one minute say you're in an office and you've got a new contract coming up and the chairman and you're meeting your governor and he's like yeah yeah i'm gonna give you a new contract face to face yeah yeah get a, get a meeting and all of a sudden i've got a meeting and i bring my agent and the chief exec sitting there from your office and all of a sudden your governor doesn't turn up and you phone him he's on a golf course you know that don't put you you know he's telling you one thing he don't really want you you know so tell me one thing and and do another for me was you know you just don't do that it's cut all the other bullshit cut all the other stuff you want to talk about you just don't do that to a person and a man to me I would never do that um, and the way I've been brought up I'd never do you know I'd rather say to men no we don't want to give you a contract I know where I am football club know where they are I'm just not sure Fulham knew they I feel they were scared of telling me they don't want to give me a new contract because we know you're injury prone that's the only thing I got but as a football club tell me you know, tell me, you know, tell me as a football club, then I can go off, you know. But I think, you know, they was there protecting me as well. Do you get what I mean? Um, the football club were fantastic. It's just Roy's side. I just didn't understand where he's coming from. I just really didn't. Um, but listen, that happens, and that has another learning curve. And then I knew from there. Hang on a minute. This, you know, where the more money's involved now, this gets a bit spiteful. This is like Jim. You're in the real world now. Like, start looking after yourself a bit because this. You know, if you can't get a new contract, who's going to take you with a dodgy knee? Because yeah. you've got a dodgy knee. It was lucky Hull did. Hull took a gamble. Hull took a massive gamble. Which backfired spectacularly. Unbelievable. Yeah, and it can do. And that's, you know, I was gutted for them. Of course I was. I was gutted for myself. I was gutted for them. Blimey, you know, first game, wallet, do your knee. So that's how quick, quick it can happen. Um, but as a football player, of course, if... I wanted to play that as good as I could as well. And everyone says, you know, you went up to Old Fulham. No, it wasn't that. You've got to understand, I wanted to play for a football club that wanted me as well. I'm not just going to go... I, I had long chats with Phil Brown. I'm not going to sign for a football club for a large amount of money if they don't really want me. 
I ain't going to happen, believe me. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have gone. Fulham still didn't want me, and I still thought, Eden, now you asked the chief executive who's still there now. I was knocking on his door, left, right, and centre. I want a new contract. Oh, I love it here. As soon as he said, You can go and look for another contract, Jim, we're not going to be able to give you it. What, what, I can't do no more. I can't do no more, and that's what Fulham Football Club told me. So then I go after Hull, they give me the contract, they give me a fantastic contract. They also give me the belief that they're bringing in new players and had great incentive to staying up and doing great things. Had the likes of Giovanni, George Boateng, Bernard Mendy. You know, they had some great players there. They was having a right good go and I thought, this is where I want to be. And Phil Brown was the most, I would say, ambitious manager I've ever played for. He, the most ambitious. He wanted to achieve the biggest things and he weren't scared to voice his opinion. Now, a lot of people say that he's this and he's that, but for me, Phil Brown was one of the most honest players I've played with. So. Some of the whole fans think you saw... The- they're not big fans of yours, do you? Oh, 100%, I get that. Why do you, get, get, why do you think that, it I is, or what would um, you say to them in your defence? Um, I haven't got a defence. It's not defending myself, it's going to tell the actual... I'm going to tell you now exactly what happened, and you make your own. I went up there, fi- I'm a fan, so I know. If, I, if my football club buys some of five million quid and get injured the first week, so what's that? It's, it's crap money spent. He's got injured, he had a dodgy knee, you knew that, but... I, I passed every medical possible I, I knew I even played at West Ham and I was I was in my prime then as well that's what you've got to understand I was in my prime then all of a sudden it takes me six months to get going I come back a bit slow but after then I played great I think I had 12-16 games I was fine everything was rosy I got injured again it was my other leg I landed I've gone up I remember it now Villa I've gone up for an header landed over James Milne landed on my head and still done my knee like how can you land on your head and do your knee it's embarrassing so then I just thought I went from bad to worse and I suppose a little bit of me you know Hull's quite a close place so you know fans see what they don't want to see you know I could be in a bar and having a bite to eat and you should be training six seven o'clock at night you know you get you get fans coming up to you you know they want to see you out on the pitch but if I'm not fit, I can't get out on the pitch. It's as simple as that. And they see me being my laughing and jokey self. He should be laughing and jokey. He should be more serious. I, I just stand with who I am. You know what I mean? They, they want me out on the pitch, grinding for their team, which I wanted to do, but my body wouldn't allow me to do that. And that's the reason. You know, little things. If one Another thing with Hull City, if one person sees it, it's like 100 people seeing it. It's very close. I don't know if you ever... I've lived, I lived in Hull. It's another thing that I done. I lived in Hull. I wanted to, you know, live and breathe there. They lived up there. I wanted to feel the whole thing. So I live literally five minutes from the stadium. People say, shouldn't really live there. I said, I want to live. So I want to live. I want to feel it. I want to... Well, were you behaving yourself or were you out um, drinking too much? I was never drinking. I've never been a drinker too much. And that's the thing that I've always done. I always... I, listen, when I was injured, I used to go out... When I was allowed out and I knew I wouldn't get a telling off from the manager, of course. But it was never over excessive. It was by far from that. But people, you know, one story, then it all of a sudden builders, Jim's an alcoholic and a drug addict. It's a mile away from the truth. Do you get what I mean? It's like, blimey, how these stories get escalated is scary. But I can see, and all of a sudden, a supporter of that, then another one, and on the terrace before you know it, you're alcoholic, you don't give a fuck about the football club. Yeah. But that's football, that's fans, that's something that I've took on board ever since a kid. I know that can happen. I didn't think it'd ever happen to me. I'd always thought I'd never get injured. 
I've been there, I'll be alright. Mike Lowe into this world. Owen Argrees now, they're injury prone. All of a sudden, 27, I was injury prone. And it can happen. Why do you think that is? Why, why you or Harvey or Michael Owen are injury prone? Frank Lampard can play um, for 16 years without ever. Yeah, being I just think. A bit of luck, a bit of timing. You know, uh, anything and that. It, the way I had my first injury was, let me tell you, if anyone's legs there, it's getting snapped, and then you're struggling to get back. In fact, if anyone had an injury that I had, because I was quite slight, I'd done well getting back. If that's a big fella had that serious injury, he's struggling getting back, because I snapped four ligaments in my knee, and I don't know any other injury that snapped four at the same time. That was like a serious injury. You know, It's all right doing one cruciate, a lot of people come back nine months, but if you do the two cruciates, a lateral and a medial, Severe snap, all come away from the bottom. That's a car crash. That's, you know, and that took 18 months. So, to answer your question, is luck, isn't it? Timing, it's meant to be, is it meant to be? Whatever you believe in, you know, but you can't, never gonna put your finger on that, you know. Do you ever feel guilty picking up the money when you're, when you're um, not doing anything? Yeah, of course. There is a little bit of guilt and you ask yourself questions, you know. Of course there is, you know. There was with me, I can only think of me, but at the end of the day, I still believed I, I could go out there and play, and I still believed I got, look, I had me injury, I'm going to be out nine months, still believe, I give my best here, three and a half years, I'm going to have a right good go, don't worry about that, you know. And the manager and the coach and the physios are all behind me. So, yeah, a little bit of guilt, obviously, but at the same time, I was focused on coming back and playing at one day, you know what I mean? I'm still a whole player, I'm still... I'm still got to believe that, that I'm going to come back and perform for them and, and earn the worth really that's how I see it and that's how when I used to have interviews up there I'll show you I used to always say that I'll, I'll prove to you I'll prove to you that I was worth that didn't I didn't but I felt like I could at the time I felt that like I was um, when you got your England call ups yeah I presume it was a huge thrill but I've, I've heard you describe your time at Away, you know, with the England squad, and it, it just sounds really boring and uh, regimented yeah. and tedious. Was that the case? No, well, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not all of it, because the first bit I was buzzing, mm. like, obviously. And I don't want to be co- anyone reading this. It comes across that I'm a bit disrespectful towards him. It isn't that. I'm not trying to give that impression because it's the greatest honour you can ever have, and it was me. But what I'm trying to say is with my football club with the players I knew and I'm a little bit weird like that if I know a group of players with a football club I'm, I feel at home I feel like I can be the joke have a laugh I can say anything to you or I've got lines again I can say anything to you I'll go away of England I don't know half of them as I know my players so I find it a bit hard to be myself and with that I don't enjoy it as much that's what I'm trying to get at but at the same time I know I'm playing at England so believe me there weren't one bit I'd never go again but I just found it very you know you'd go and have something you'd go in your room two that for two weeks you'd have a little bit of banter with the boys but it was nothing like your club and I suppose that's natural because it never is going to be because you don't know them as well as your club but for me I'd love it to be more of a club scene mm. if that makes sense do you think that's part of the reason they don't do very no, well yeah um, I wouldn't say that I the, I suppose, I, also, another defence for that, because I felt that, it doesn't mean every other player's feeling that. It was my first time and my only time. Well, I had three, two or three, but in a hotel for two weeks. So, for me to feel that, the others may not have felt that. I felt, I can only, as I say, I'll tell you this because I felt that. But I'd, I'd imagine. But does that affect. Young, young guys, 
you know, they're going to, boys will be boys, they're going to get bored. And I know you've been very well looked after and the food's yeah. great and it's a lovely hotel, but you're still, it's almost like being in prison, you know. Um, you're told when to sleep, when to eat, when to... A little bit, a, a little more bit. more relaxed, the players might I've always felt that. That's me, I've always felt that and that's what always made the football club where I was at, I'd always push for that. Yeah. You know, Gaff, why, why do we have to be in our room? What are you putting a curfew on at nine o'clock more? That all of that. 33 years of age or 20, you know. Why I put curfews on? I just feel a bit shackled, like you know, little things like that. I just felt it's not needed. If I ever ran a football club, I wouldn't want it run like that, you know. At the end of the day, if you ever ran a football club, it would be, be relegated within yeah. a fortnight. You think that, don't you? Yeah, but I, I don't do. think we would, see. Do you think? No, I think we'd be very good. Don't, <laughs> don't worry about that. I'd always have respect from the players, and there's other ways you can gain respect without having putting shackles on boys you can gain respect by speaking properly to them speaking speaking honest and telling them what's right and wrong and learning them you know and teaching them um, you, for me there was too many especially towards the end of my career um, it's just got a bit too much you know you never actually got the England cap how much of a no, blow gutted, was that gutted yeah. there's a couple of things that I was a bit gutted about in my career first one was Celtic <laughs> oh, I had a chance to sign for Celtic um, I'll always think I should have done that just wasn't right time at that time, and the second one was yeah I didn't get a bloody England cap. You know. But would you more than made up for that by going on I'm a celebrity, get me out of yeah, here? <laughs> I'm not sure about that. Was was that? That didn't last long either. <laughs> um, was that for the money? Did you think it might be a laugh, or was it again to benefit no, Brand Bullard? Yeah, no, exactly to benefit Brand Bullard. If you want, I've done that. Nothing to do with me. I got twenty five grand for that gig. I got 25 grand and... Um, I thought, wasn't the number being bandied about yeah, about it was. 10 That's times? Yeah, It's a load of rubbish. Oh, OK. It's embarrassing. Sometimes what you read is, is by far the truth. This is why I'd rather do an interview like you do it properly and then you can tell the truth. I got 25 grand for doing that. Um, I tried to get more and they wouldn't give it me. And I was just privileged to be in the show. It's a massive show. I've watched it. I've become a bit a stale with show. work. I didn't have a lot. And Jimbo, my agent, went, Jim, get on there because loads of people have use it as a platform to go and develop and get some work afterwards i.e. golf juices has come up right. you know so go and do it I think you'll benefit I think it's a bit of you and I think you enjoy it and where I was in life at the moment I was a bit bored a bit stagnant you know I was a bit like oh, come up perfect time for me and yeah so to answer your question i just done it for me really yeah. i done it for me and um, that's it and you got accused of bullying on yeah I got accused yeah that was just so ridiculous. Like, I, I see the clip, and it's like I know where they're coming from with it, and yeah, it does seem harsh, but it wasn't. It wasn't like that. I'll be honest, I haven't seen. Yeah, it Yeah, it was. I, it was just a clip, me saying to Jake, and also what you don't see is when there's three, four boys in all day, and we're all giving each other some. And believe me, they give it, it, it as much as I ever give them. But when it's all edited and shown how they want to show it, and I can see how, but it was. Me and Jake are close now. We always was. To be fair, I was probably his best mate in camp. So how can I be called as bully? And Jake, Jake answered all the questions when he came out. He, he said, no, he couldn't even remember the clip because I slaughtered him every day. Right. I peppered him every day. <laughs> and if you want to call it bullying, yeah, I bullied him every day. It was embarrassing. But I, I'll give everyone stick. I'll give Edwina, I'll give Edwina as much as I'd give Jake. I, I, I mullered Edwina. <laughs> I mullered her. 
like bad a Barnet every day what's she doing the John Major thing every day I brung it up <laughs> it's happened isn't it so you've got to give it to her haven't you that's exactly what it was that didn't get shown though that's better footage than me showing two blokes going that is crap show me destroying Edwina that'd be better uh, finally there's one, one thing I'm intrigued by is you, you see you don't watch football a huge amount you, not hugely no and yet you cite Juan Roman Riquelme is one of your big influences. Yeah. How, See, I, how did that come to be the case? He's kind of a cold figure. Yeah, it's it, it, it surprised how uh, much you can see on YouTube. See, yeah. to watch a football match, you don't. I, I like watching players. I don't really. I do watch football, you know, I like to watch the great games. If there's a great game on, like a Man United v Arsenal, or a big game, if you want. And I do watch the odd games, the crap games, if you want, West Brom v. Stoke, you know what I mean? <laughs> but like your real big games, your crunches, Barca's Real, you know, Betis and all that. And I, I just love class football. I love watching. And how I learnt about Raquel Mays was YouTube. You know, I got on YouTube and old videos of Zidane and Bestie. I got all them. And then I, I as you mentioned, Raquel, I heard about this boy and I watched him a few times when he played against Real Madrid. It's a Real Madrid game. I only found out about this boy and he was playing for. Villarreal I think it was yeah. all yellow kit and that's when I first see him and I see him I see him as a kid as well a little bit I heard a little bit about him because Danny Murphy used to play for England and he played against him and he said he's unbelievable and then I started intrigued by him and I watched him it was unbelievable and that's how I found out about Raquel yeah not by watching so much football but just eyes and ears and interviews and before you know I'm YouTubed up to the max it's amazing how much you watch for YouTube <laughs> and after that you get onto watching lions and goats fighting and stuff it's quite weird <laughs> alright <Jim. laughs> it's mad you go on YouTube and then you go on car crashes then you go on planes really struggling to land <laughs> and then you go on earthquakes and you go on aliens yeah. it's mad YouTube good Right, well, thank you very much thank for your you. time. Cheers, thanks. Hey, I enjoyed you go it. And spend more time thank in front you. of different cameras. Cheers, guys. <laughs> thanks, Jim.